listening to Sports Radio Detroit. Two Grave Discussions. We want to welcome you to episode number 32, Monsters in Our Midst. I am Barnabas. And I am Samael. We just did number 31, and we also just guest starred in an episode of Over Under Fair that was all about the Halloween franchise. Yes. And that just dropped on the day of recording this Wednesday. Go listen to it. Yep. Do it go listen to it right now it's great uh we all have a lot of fun with it we all share a lot of little facts and stories and, and everything and our opinions on all of the movies in the franchise so you can go check out that episode right now on their social media go to facebook over under fair or go to the sports radio detroit website um, or check out any of their social media as well so thank you to over under fair and sports radio detroit yes and we look forward to possibly doing more podcasts with over on the fair as well yep we uh we had a great time there and with that we have some horror news to start you guys off with before we dive into our main discussion which is going to be about the perfect monster movies to enjoy during halloween yes and our lists are superior so listen to us Listen, we were probably born around the same time as you. We have similar tastes. Follow us. We will lead you. Yep. 90s babies talking about 80s horror movies. Hey, because we can we can appreciate them. Yeah, we were born like right there at the cusp of it, you know, ending, I guess. But well, yeah, when we grew up, like we when we were five, six, when we'd ask our parents, yo, can I watch something scary? They'd turn on something from the 80s, you know? So. Oh, yeah, for sure. And then, you know, we entered like a whole new era, but... The movies that we're going to talk about today are from an era that, you know, kind of went past us. But for the news, we're going to be discussing some modern stuff. So the first is about a new Dracula series. This is going to be dope. Yeah, I think so too. It's going to be made by uh, the team from BBC's Sherlock. And this is a BBC and Netflix production. So, you know uk us and i did see all of sherlock and i loved it really okay yeah and i really like 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 the atmosphere that they they portrayed it in it was like much darker because it was set in like modern times um so it was just a whole different show but i think they did a great job with it so i'm kind of interested to see what they're going to do with dracula because with sherlock they showed that they could do suspense like really well I thought. Uh, do they have like the casting down for this or they haven't really expanded upon that? No. Um, I think they're just like settling on a deal, honestly. So they're going to do Dracula. Who would you want to play like Dracula? Ooh. Like if there was like, <laughs> since there's going to be a new Dracula, who would uh-huh. you want? That's tough. That is tough. I have to think about that, honestly. You, you know, know who I could see? You know who I could see possibly as like a suave Dracula? The dude who played Aquaman? No. No, I, I mean, I like Jason Momoa, but no. Mads Mikkelsen. Mads Mikkelsen. Yep. Do you know what I'm talking about? The guy who played Hannibal Lecter. Oh, shit. In the, in, in the, yeah. in the newer one? I really uh, like him as an actor. You I know, think that he could play like a suave, like Eastern European Dracula. How, again. Old, how old would you say like we, they'd have to cast Dracula? Uh, like, like it, I would say mid-30s looking guy. Okay, that's pretty young. See, because like most of the Draculas were at least like middle-aged. Yeah, you know, I feel, yeah, I feel you, but, like, like you Bell, know, since, since, see, since, since vampires don't really, like, age, I wanted yeah. to, like, I was thinking, like, you know, maybe we should make him look like he hasn't fucking really aged, yeah. like, since his, like, his, like, physical male peak, you I know? Think, I think in modern times it could make sense, because the guy on the last Dracula Dude, TV series looked you, pretty young. You know who can really do it? And mm-hmm. I don't know if you'll agree with this. I swear to God he can do it. Christian Bale. Christian Bale? Picture yeah. it, bro. Yeah, I mean... I don't know. I, his, I couldn't get over him like his facial expressions. Being I think. Batman is a bit, yeah. I mean, I got over that after. I mean, I I didn't even see him first in the Batman. I watched American Psycho when I was like seven years old. Oh yeah, that's where I knew him from. And then I, when I found out I was the same dude playing Batman, I was like, no. But yeah, 
I guess he. No, be, it is. He's still not my Batman. My Batman is George Clooney <laughs> <laughs> from that Schwarzenegger I, movie. Chill out, I, chill out. That was great. I like Batfleck, but I'm not gonna get into all that. But anyway, Ben Affleck's a douchebag. <laughs> yeah, but I think he plays a good Batman. I don't think so. Anyway, those differences aside, <laughs> there's a new Dracula coming out. There's not really been anything announced yet, but it's going to be set in 1897. And it's going to be Dracula in Victorian London. So actually kind of similar to like the overarching story, but I'm excited for it. So for like the next bit of news, tell us what's going on with the with the Scream series, because I've been I've been just waiting and I want to know okay. what the hell is going on. Yep. So this next bit of news is concerning the Scream TV series. Now, correct me if I'm wrong here, but last last I checked, this series was done by MTV, which, I mean, I don't know, but there's been this whole debacle going on, legal shit with Netflix and the Weinstein Company. Uh, basically, like, after the Weinsteins, you know, went to shit. Yeah, those and, fucking uh, assholes. Yeah, and, you know, they had to do... A whole lot of stuff with all their properties and everything. Scream, the TV series, was kind of left in limbo with Netflix because they had like a deal, you know, that they were going to stream it and everything. And then that was kind of like up in the air. So it was a lot of legal stuff that I don't completely understand. But basically now uh, they did settle the deal. So I believe what this means is that the Scream TV series can officially be like pitched elsewhere to like stream i think that that's what this whole thing is about well wow. so i th- i think now like it's ready to be put out there because they already have the show come on hulu where are you yeah i think hulu or amazon prime should pick it up and i yeah. think hulu more exposure i would say yeah but then again everyone has everyone has amazon prime bro. yeah like <laughs> at least everyone who's with like you know yeah online shopping like if you're not homeless basically like you should have Amazon Prime at this point like you know it does so much I mean along with like the two day shipping like the yeah. the movie selection isn't like you know fantastic well, I the, but I, I find the collection's good I find a lot of like throwback 80s movies I've been trying to find on Amazon Prime mm-hmm. yeah there there are a lot of good ones especially recently they've been adding like a lot of these obscure ones that I don't know anything about which is kind of cool. I've also been seeing like Night of the Demons get released in more places and stuff like that. Yeah, I saw like fucking Black Christmas, The Final mm-hmm. Terrors on there. Did we ever finish watching Dark Walker? Anyway. <laughs> no, I don't think we did. I, to, I think I had to leave. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. But anyway. Hopefully that gets all fucking settled because I want to yeah. see season three. I do want to see it. Hopefully it'll be here soon. Originally it was said like fall, which I guess it's still fall. So there's some time, but I hope they get it resolved and we see it soon. Next up, Movie Pass, if you didn't know, has this whole like film division as well where they like, you know, produce or distribute or whatever horror movies or just fi- like movies in general, but this one's going to be a horror movie called The Reckoning by director Neil Marshall who did The Descent, Dog Soldiers, and Hellboy. So, uh the movie is basically going to be set in England in 1665 and follows uh, a widow who is haunted by the recent suicide of her husband and is falsely accused of being a witch after she basically cock blocks him you know I don't know she dirty, cock dirty blo- old she, man. she cock blocks her landlord mm-hmm. and then in turn he he like labels her husband a witch and he kills himself like, mm-hmm. that's fucked up yeah so uh, it says that production is expected to begin in January, and it's going to be a female-driven film. So it should be pretty cool. I mean, it sounds like it's got, like, the witch kind of vibe to it. I don't know if that's just because it said witch, but it's, like, England in the 1600s, like, mid-1600s. So, you know, it just makes sense. Uh, so that's coming out soon. Next up, we've got a couple of trailer announcements. The first one is uh, for something that actually might be coming out today if you're listening to this on Friday. Oh, it's sure. called Haunted. And essentially, you, like you've seen Paranormal Witness before, right? Uh, I don't think so. You don't think you don't think so? Mm-mm. Well, you've probably seen like a similar show like, you know, it's like 
recounting people's experiences like in these interviews oh shit with like paranormal stuff and then they do like a recreation i used no i used to watch a haunting they used to do that same a haunting it used to be on discovery channel yeah it's the same thing basically so like this is basically going to be the exact same thing nice yeah but the effects look really cool so i'm uh i'm kind of yeah i'm looking at one of the photos the at the top of the the headline the monster one of the demon things looks dope Yeah, so it makes sense that it's on this episode today, but yeah, there's so there's going to be a whole bunch of them, like every episode is going to be different, you know, like different people, I believe, so I'm pretty I'm pretty stoked for it. Come Friday, I'm definitely going to give the first episode a shot. Oh, yeah. Um, next up is The Possession of Hannah Grace. That's coming out November 30th, I believe, in theaters, and think of this one as like a mix between... The autopsy of Jane Doe and like any teenage like ghost movie ever from like 2016 onwards. Why am I not excited? I know, right? I am excited for like any the... of these, like the possession of this person, mm-hmm. the taking of this person. Where did so and so go? Someone is missing. Like the 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 possession of the witch house in Salem <laughs> of the demons. Like, what's up with all these fucking like? enough paranormal movies enough there's just so many yeah. this this is like the equivalent of the 80s slasher fucking <laughs> craze like where everyone was just making yeah fucking slashers left Except and right these are just like depressing you know yeah bro it's always like it's never like hey here's a happy family and then ghost boo spooky it's always <laughs> like 18 children committed suicide yeah. with only yarn in this fu- <laughs> like, it's like bro chill the fuck out i'm not uh-huh. trying to get trying to get scared by monsters not disturbed psychologically and then i'm gonna have an existential crisis and want to go feed homeless children i don't want to do that after watching a fucking movie yeah i mean listen i i do like some of them i think some of them are pretty well done but there is an overabundance of them right now yeah like like, i don't know what to watch if you go on tubi so many amityville movies there's like (laughs) the fucking there's even like the, the like the the shark exorcism. I like, was just going to say, the fact the that that fuck, exists, <laughs> like, ruins the whole thing for me. Bro, shark. Uh, we, we have to at least see it. Like, I'm kind of <laughs> curious. Like, sometimes I just... I fly- just want to wor- watch, dude, like, the first two minutes of it, and that'll, like... I feel like I'll know right then and there. Dude, I fly past these trash it. movies. Like, I'll see 800 shark movies in a row, and I'm like... And I try to picture in my head what each of these could possibly look like, and if they take themselves seriously, or if it's just, yeah. like, a goofy movie. <laughs> But, like, I'm no, pretty I'm sure they sure try to take them... No, I think they take themselves seriously. <laughs> Seems like these directors are... Like, just stop. Stop with all these, like, paranormal movies. Like, yeah. Heret- like, like I don't care about, like, the smaller ones anymore, you know? Mm-hmm. Now now I'm going to be, like, a fucking... The opposite of a hipster. I'm only going to be looking at, like, Hollywood, like, paranormal movies that mm-hmm. come out. Because I'm so sick of, like... Like, Bloomhouse. Anything by them, basically. Yeah, anything by Bloomhouse or, like, fucking... Mm-hmm. What, what's the other fuckers uh like ghost house pictures yeah exactly and yeah. And they're literally ghost house I'm, i don't so. want to watch anything that's getting released by netflix anymore or by hulu they do have good movies though but there is a lot of them uh yeah you know there's just <laughs> too fucking many i mean the haunting of hill house now it's a great series but again you know it's basically like another rehashing of a ghost thing so. you know what it reminds me of the conjuring 2 like <laughs> yeah kind of it's all the same shit yeah I, you know what we need now? We need creature movies. And speaking of yeah. which... Here we go. Bone Hill Road. Actually out now on DVD and coming soon to digital streaming or video on demand services. This one is like a throwback werewolf movie. Dude, you said it's on DVD? Yeah, it's available now. I actually bought it. <laughs> well, I was going to say... here in a few days. I was going to say we... We can probably get it through Comcast after this, after this episode. Well, it said it's coming to digital soon, so I don't know if it's going to be available, but oh, no, Com- we could check. Comcast has yeah, everything. Comcast does have everything. But I'm getting it pretty soon, and I'm stoked. You got to let me borrow this. Yeah, I will for sure. Like, it looks good. You know, like, it, it does look kind of bad, but with, like, the whole retro vibe and the, like, 100% uh, practical See, effects in this movie like i'm 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 excited that's for what's it. dope like it kind of reminds me of like speaking of uh werewolf movies. It, it looks like kind of like the silver bullet werewolf yeah it kind of does um the the trailer honestly looks really cool there's a lot of gore 
and the uh, creature effects are, I think, are done pretty well. Like, they definitely spent all their money on that. Like, you could tell. Dude, I definitely want to see this, and I don't know when it is, but when Cherokee Creek, remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. These two, like, I really want to see. Me too. I'm glad that people are bringing back the monster movies because, for me personally... That's the best. Any, any time of the year, honestly, but especially during Halloween... Monster uh, movies I just want to watch monster movies. Yeah. Exactly. Like I, <laughs> like the old I think I want to turn on the thing tonight. Oh, dude. We Yes. The Carpenter one. Yes. The Carpenter Let's one. Let's do it. Not the thing from another, whatever, no, no, the no, one no. that they were the watching. Car- on how, the, the Carpenter, Carpenter one. one. This guy has never seen it. Yeah. I don't know how, but he hasn't. But let's watch it tonight. We're in the monster movie. It mood. used to always come on USA when I was a kid. It's like, so good. I probably watched it and I don't remember it. If I... If I watch it and I recognize it, I'm gonna let you know. But like, it's like potentially top ten movies of all time. Not even just horror. It's it's great. I mean, it's Carpenter, so I don't of doubt course, it at yeah. all. So you already have faith in it. But well, let's talk about another incredible, fantastic, nostalgic, just classic monster movie. But first, let's hear a word from some other shows on our network. Hi, this is Chris, and this is Roger. And if you like Tigers baseball, Major League Baseball, Minor League Baseball, analytics, pop culture references, movies, sports, food, check us out. Look for Tigers SRD on iTunes, Google Play, or Spotify. Do you love pop culture? Discussions about pop culture? Ranking and rating treasured pieces of that shared culture against each other? I I mean, I do think Flea's a good bass player. He does what he does very well. And like I said, he's he's a he's like a rock star, you know. He's eccentric. What is so funny? What I just didn't like? know he talks so long about flea. I, I didn't know anybody had I mean, so many just, feelings. I do. So many I feelings. I got feelings. <laughs> <laughs> Music, movies, television, food, sports, pro wrestling. We are the determination of what is over or underrated across all fields of greater cultural consumption. Subscribe and review on Apple Podcasts and Podbean, or visit us at sportsradiodetroit.com. Over under fair. Your final word in pop culture relevance. All right, Samuel. And now we discuss one of the greatest. I'm saying one of the greatest because The Howling and American Werewolf in London, yeah. which is better than American Werewolf in Paris, by the way, you, oh, you yeah. fuckers. I can't I silver, believe that when I saw Silver Bullet. Yep. If I could pick one out of all of these, I would have to pick. If I, if I had to, like, mm-hmm. just because of how many fans, like, American Werewolf has, like, that kind of like me and this one has gary Busey, so <laughs> yeah. i'll say silver bullet out of all of them it is one of my and favorite werewolf movies it was my first time watching it last night mm-hmm. since i was i was like eight years old last night oh, i watched okay. it and it was same same thing fall time mm-hmm. came came home from school popped up on i think uh sci-fi or usa you know during like the whatever yeah. <laughs> during the f- 13 days of halloween which it should be 31 yeah but, yeah, uh, I I thought this this was great. Like right off the bat, it's like super atmospheric mm-hmm. and uh, cinematography is done well. It feels like super super retro. It, I think the cinematography was like ahead of its time because this doesn't yeah. feel like a 1985 movie. This feels like a 90s movie. It kind of does. Yeah, it feels honestly. super. It has that 90s vibe to it. Like you know what's actually interesting about that fact? Like let me let me spit you out a little bit of trivia. I I read that. There were actually a lot of goofs with the time because the, the movie was supposed to be set, I think, in like the 70s at some point, like 76, I believe, is like when oh, it's supposed shit. to be set. But a lot of the stuff, like a lot of the clothes that they're wearing, the cars that they're driving, a lot of that kind of stuff was, you know, all from the 80s. Like they couldn't avoid it. Yeah. Because they were trying to shoot in like a town and they probably didn't have a big enough budget to just like get everything custom. So. <laughs> There's just a whole bunch of 80s stuff going around, but it's supposed to be set in the 70s. So that's probably why it looks ahead of its time, because it technically was. Yeah, and it kind of like, you know, I don't know, it, it, I think it was ahead of its time. And like, this was like the first, uh, the first movie that made me feel some type of way right off the bat when the pregnant woman gets killed. Oh, yeah. Like, that was, <laughs> that yeah, was a little dude, too much for me. Th- this movie... It's it's kind of weird to like categorize it as a kids movie because it's not, but it takes place from the perspective of a, a little disabled boy, you know. Yeah, Marty's so, a booger, bro. Yeah, yeah, he is. But like, so you can kind of approach it in that vehicle, like as looking through a kid's eyes. But it's a really dark movie. Like, there's a whole lot of really dark subjects. Oh yeah, initially, like it was initially it was like super atmospheric. I like mm-hmm. the lighting a lot. 
you know, because there was barely any. I, I like I mentioned, the cinematography was well done. Uh, I liked the very first kill, like right off the bat, mm-hmm. his, his head was swiped off. But it's stu- like the reasoning. Oh, he must have fell asleep at the rail. Bro, when someone gets attacked by a monster like an animal, <laughs> there's there's marks left. That's a little goof that I kind of like yeah. picked up on. But like there were goofs. There, I don't know. It really didn't feel like super atmospheric. Of like other than like the beginning and uh, near the end when like the the sheriff was like approaching, you know, the priest's fucking garage. Mm-hmm. And he went in the garage. Th- that moment like built the most suspense for me. I was just waiting for the reverend to come out and like as yeah. he's just walking walking the camera's showing the front of the sheriff as he walks down down more into the garage show the back mm-hmm. the music is getting more and more sus- suspenseful and boom reverend with the eye patch like yeah that was like my favorite part of the whole that's the part i remembered as a kid too mm-hmm. like that was the one scene that i couldn't remember where it was from i knew it was one of these like coming of age yeah you know where were- movies with a werewolf in it i just didn't remember which movie it was yeah, it, it definitely is because it centers on Marty, who is uh, disabled, so he's in a wheelchair the whole time, and his uncle, Red, portrayed by the incomparable Gary Busey the un- of all fucking people. The fucking unclonable, the unmockable. <laughs> yeah, he's... He's something else, bro. If we just presented him to aliens, they would just throw him back. Him know? and Adam West were like the two most odd individuals yeah, ever. Yeah, for real, but he's in this movie as the uncle, and I think he has a great role, but... You know, he builds Marty these, like, motorized wheelchairs, and there's, like, drag racing flames shooting out the back of them and shit, you know? Yeah. And then he basically has, like, a fucking motorcycle at the end that just zooms him around, but... And this was one of those, uh... It's, you know, it's from his perspective, and, you know, we grow up with him, but since he is, like, who he is, he has to overcome all these obstacles, so... I think it's very much like an adventure movie almost, you know, kind of similar to Summer of 84, but this one's kind of lighter, like in tone. Yeah. Almost, you know, because it focuses so much on like the family aspect of everything and takes us through like this big mystery. So I like that it was like uh, this and the next movie we're talking about Mm -hmm. came out in the same year and both had like the same premise. You know what I'm saying? Like, hey, yeah. th- hey, there's a monster. And everyone's like, yeah, right. Monster. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What is this, a movie? <laughs> you know, like, yeah, G- Gary Busey's character, Uncle Red, like, does reject Marty and his sister basically the entire movie. Yeah. You know, even though he's supportive, he's still like, there's no such thing as werewolves, you know? Until, like, he basically just plays along. Like, he goes and makes the silver bullet and everything. But he still, like, doesn't truly believe up until, like, the very end when he fights it. Yeah, it was hilarious. But, yeah, let's let's talk about the werewolf itself because obviously in a monster movie that's the most important thing is the the, the effects of the monster, how it looks, how it kills, you know, everything. So, how does this werewolf stack up? Uh if we're going to rate it out of 10, mm-hmm. I would say it was like a a 7 for me. Okay. Because the initial part where he just busted through the window of the second <laughs> floor was fucking... It was it was nice. It was yeah. I liked the, the way it was done. But, like, some some shots of him were just weird. Like, when he... when the, I don't want to spoil it. Well, everyone's seen it. When the Reverend's turning into the werewolf in the fucking yeah. garage, and then he beats the shit out of the cop <laughs> with the fucking baseball bat. Yeah. That, that's when I was like, all right. You know, I thought this was a werewolf movie. <laughs> that that kind of knocked a few points off for me. That just... Like, cause I didn't remember yeah. that scene, and and I, I kind of got like that they like kind of like drifted away from like the stereotypical lore of werewolves. Like he was coming out, even though it wasn't a full moon and yeah. shit, and he was conscious of his well, actions. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like more Hollywood werewolf movies don't really like approach it that way, but there are different werewolf like legends and yeah. like how they can be. So this was just another one of those, I guess. It was more of like. Uh, there's like hexen wolves like they can fucking turn into werewolves like whenever basically and like some shit like that like lycanthropes or whatever i don't know but anyway i thought it was pretty well done but yeah i'd agree like seven seven and a half maybe for me you know it was cool but like the, i feel like the face looked kind of weird like it felt it looked like smushed or yeah. something i don't know i don't know how to describe it like you could you could tell like i don't know like the the effects just weren't too great like not it's not that the, yeah, the monster wasn't great because the effects weren't that great, I would yeah. say. 
I mean, I thought they were okay, like for sure. It was it was a good monster, but I don't know. It just didn't have that like primal kind of nature I mean, to it. This like, this came uh, out in '85, and mm-hmm. Pumpkinhead came out like yeah. only like three years after, and that was fucking perfect. I mean, even mm-hmm. like Alien, like you know, if the, that shit was done right, you know, this oh, this yeah. could. I think the the practical effects could have been done a little better, but it was a budget of seven million, only grossed you know about twelve point three million. Mm-hmm. So I mean, good thing they didn't waste too much. I yeah, mean, it was it was technically low budget. But at least that's only the box office. I'm pretty sure Silver Bullet is still selling copies today. Oh, for from, sure, yeah. And giant like horror fan bases. Definitely, actually. So I mean, here's like a little fun tidbit: shooting on this movie actually started without an actual werewolf suit. Oh, so, <laughs> you know, so I don't actually know what happened with the suit. I don't know why it kind of looked sort of weird. I think it. I think it was done well when they like weren't showing its face. And yeah, everything, like, up that's what I was going to say, when it was actually, like, like at the beginning. Like a like monster. When it, when it bursted through the window. When you yeah, just, yeah, yeah. Before it was revealed to be a werewolf. Right. Yeah, that's exactly what I mean. Like, those scenes were way better, in my opinion, than when we just saw it, like, rah, you know? Yeah. But that that's a whole other, like, issue. That's, like, cinematography and direction. This was actually the director's uh, first and only directorial effort. Daniel really? Atias, Atias, yeah, apparently, I've never heard of the guy before either, <laughs> but he did this movie inspired by a Stephen King book, um, but overall, I mean, I really enjoyed the movie, it's got that nostalgic feeling to it, it's very much like Stand By Me meets, I don't know, Bad Moon or something, which is another werewolf movie from the same time period, I believe, so yes, yeah, this whole like coming of age thing, but I think it's done well, I think the characters are good. Uh, the writing is pretty solid, and I think the performances are great. And I love that it's all just you know practical effects, even if it's not the best practical effects. It definitely captures like that '80s monster movie essence like really well. I feel like I think the Reverend like kind of overacted a little bit though. Yeah, a little bit. He was kind of <laughs> douchey. Yeah, kind of. He was trying to be like menacing, like quietly menacing. He just needed to be more the quiet. whole time. Yeah, he just needed to be like a little more reserved. I feel like, but yeah, he was like he would talk with his like his nose would like he he would do this shit like when he he dog like yeah. I was just like that's not scary, bro. Yeah, but Gary Busey and Corey Haim especially were great. Yeah, Corey Haim was dope. Yeah, he was always good. I mean, it sucks that he like died so early. I mean, shit happens, but he was great in the film. I really liked him. Possibly even a better role than in the Lost Boys, potentially. I don't know about that one. Maybe it's 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 tough for me, but yeah, I think everybody did a great job, pretty much. Um, and I think it was a, a solid effort. It's super nostalgic cult movie now. One of the better werewolf movies for sure. It just in you know in general terms, like overall. Oh yeah, and if since it's like you know pretty close to Halloween time, if you're gonna throw on a werewolf movie, this is the one to to throw on because you know tis the season and uh speaking of which you know we have a werewolf movie i feel like that's one of the absolute must watch it like types of monster movies i think werewolf paranormal Mm -hmm. and vampires i was just gonna say like the other for me is vampires those three are a must even if it's not like a some kind of creature you know what i'm saying like even a fucking bigfoot type shit like that cherokee creek stuff like you know, mm-hmm. any, any anything like, maybe even Frankenstein. Why not throw on one of the fucking old movies? Yeah, I mean, those are all great. I feel like, but for me, something about vampires just does it because I feel like vampires and werewolves are the the perfect pair. You know, because they're so different to each other, they're always portrayed as like rivals, kinda. So I feel like if you're gonna watch any two, it's gotta be a vampire and a werewolf, and we've got the perfect vampire one. Yeah, and skip out on the Twilight and just watch yeah. Fright Night. <laughs> Welcome to Fright Night. Douchebag. <laughs> yeah, Fright Night is uh, an absolute classic. I mean, this is regarded as one of like the best horror movies of all time, usually. And because it's so simple. It starts off, no fucking backstory about the vampire and why he's why he is. Fuck that shit. It starts off with a guy trying to get some pussy. <laughs> yeah. And he's, he's, trying to, he's trying to mess with his girlfriend. And then she kind of doesn't want to. And then all of a sudden he sees a coffin being moved into his mm-hmm. next his, his his fucking neighbor's house, 
and then his girlfriend wants to like do it and then he's just like hold on there's a guy next door and there's a coffin this is weird and like he's just kind of like being like you know he's just kind of like ignoring her now as soon as like his neighbor pulls up and his mom's like what's wrong he's like mom there are people next door say goodbye to your girlfriend charlie bye charlie and then she like slams the door yeah they got a fucking friend evil ed who's like Mm -hmm. a master of the occult or whatever he knows all that weird shit you know everyone has that like i'm that guy everyone has that one friend who just knows a bunch of weird shit and yep you know evil ed was he knows all like the fucking lord of vampires and shit and then brewster sees his like neighbor like you know was it jerry dandridge or was it gary jerry jerry Uh, i wasn't sure of the pronunciation because like I got confused because like Fright Night well, Part Two, it's J E R. I know, but in Fright Night Part Two, I remembered it's like Gary Dandridge and it's a woman, so it's like oh yeah, something like that, yeah. But yeah, this is not the remake. This is no, uh, the the original, nineteen eighty five, directed by Tom Holland. And so like his first like initial weird suspicions were kind of confirmed mm-hmm. when he watched Jerry like fucking basically eat a woman, <laughs> yeah. And then Jerry caught him looking, and then you know vampires can't get in your house unless you invite them in. Charlie's like, no, mom, don't let him in. Oh, well, Mr. Dandridge, you can come by whenever you like. And then Charlie's like, no. Starts fucking draping his hallways and shit and garlic and putting crosses everywhere and shit. Yeah. He uh, he gets real paranoid real fast. And he just believes because he's been watching all these horror things and especially Fright Night, who which is hosted by none other than Peter Vincent, portrayed by Roddy McDowell, a legend one of the le- most legendary horror characters of all time in my opinion one of my favorites and we talked about him plenty in our episode um on fright night part two. Oh yeah but he's phenomenal and he starts in this movie uh as the host of the show that charlie watches but he himself doesn't believe any of this shit you know he doesn't believe in vampires oh yeah that's just a shtick for him you know and mm-hmm. For some of his friends, you know, like the psycho ones, everyone has them. Like, it's like all that shit is, well, in this universe, vampires are real, but, you know, to him, yeah. they're not. So he's like, you know, who's this crazy fan that wants me to go check out a real life vampire with them? So, you know, Charlie yeah. takes this old ass man and his girlfriend and <laughs> <laughs> they go to his neighbor's house and <laughs> try to prove he's a vampire. I know it sounds fucking ridiculous, <laughs> but he really is a vampire. Yeah. Yeah. Turns out Peter Vincent's faith faith was uh, restored a little bit when he saw that Jerry did not have a fucking reflection after he gave him, like, the fake holy water that wasn't really holy water. Yeah. Now, look, the practical effects for this film, phenomenal. And only made better by all the great performances by Chris Sarandon, William Ragsdale, Stephen Jeffries as Evil Ed, uh, Roddy McDowell, of course... And Jonathan Stark is Billy Cole, the the familiar to Jerry Dandridge. You know, they oh, yeah, his great. ghoul. Yeah, his little ghoul. The, f- the effects on when he, he died. Was melting and shit. Yeah, that were was great. hilarious. It was good though. Mm-hmm. I like the the makeup on on Jerry, like the vampire yeah. makeup. I think they did a good job of making like the vampire look vampires look intimidating. Mm-hmm. And a lot of vampire movies kind of like you know jocked the look a little bit after this. Like yeah, they kind of started going with that more demonic vampire look mm-hmm. rather than just like. The two fangs and the blur, you know? Like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Dracula, um, Bram Stoker's Dracula with Gary Oldman as the titular character actually kind of did sort of differently because he looked more like a werewolf with a bat face almost, but he was freakishly tall and just like terrifying as shit. Dude, besides the thing in Alien, that's a third movie that I didn't watch. Oh, yeah. You have to watch Bram Stoker's Dracula, but Fright Night did it really well too because he looked like like this ancient vampire and, yeah, he uh, looked like a fucking demon out of yeah. vampire. Yeah, and until he turned into, like, the bat at the end of the movie, you know, when he, like, flies into the wall and fucking burns to death, he he looked really cool because it, definitely different than, you know, like, the classic Dracula, but he had sort of a bat-like face, but he just looked like this, like, ancient, sophisticated vampire. It was super cool, and I think they did a really great job with his effects. Um and but evil ed too was great i forgot about evil ed when like he the alley scene Mm -hmm. the iconic scene when uh when jerry's chasing after evil ed he turns him Mm -hmm. and then he chases after uh brewster's girlfriend and brewster he catches amy takes her back to the house 
Evil Ed's waiting for Charlie, I think, at his house, wasn't it? No, he was waiting for Peter Vincent over there. Yeah, I think he was waiting for someone. Wasn't he, like, dressed up in that wig or something? Yeah. Like, the red wig. He looked... I, I think he he looked better than, than Jerry. Yeah, effects-wise? Yeah, effects-wise. I he, think so. But he was, like, more... He was, like... A, he ended up being a werewolf, remember? Well, okay, so he looked cooler, in my opinion, because he was, like, just turned. Jerry Dandridge is, like, a really old vampire. I forget how old he was supposed to be. I think, like, I don't know, like a couple like a few hundred years or like a thousand years or something old but and then his sister was like twice his age i don't know some shit like that. i remember that but yeah jerry's old like evil ed just turns and so he's like this ugly like kind of decrepit fucking vampire and just looks really weird but vampires um originally were actually like supposed to be able to turn into like wolves and bats and other like animals like that gotcha so it made sense that he turned into a wolf i guess he's probably like not quite as powerful so that's all he can do or something but yeah. his death scene was like it was pretty disturbing because he just like laying that fucking there piece yowling. of yeah that piece of wood that just got mm-hmm. driven through like and was... transforming back to into be fair a he, he jumped into it you know so oh, yeah. he he i don't know he was just like he was kind of like the little like jokester you know little dickhead you know kind of character he played the same guy in 976 evil i swear mm-hmm. to god yeah he really did but it was it was a great character it's it very memorable you know especially for that line oh you're so cool brewster oh, yeah. you know? <laughs> that's like one of my favorite lines of all time but uh it's it's a it's a phenomenal movie i think what they did really well is just like how they pace the story yeah it, how they, they like, like piece both, everything together same thing as silver bullet it had like the 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 kids being suspicious of of someone being a monster and mm-hmm. then the adults don't believe them and i want to say this is a coming of age movie but this is one of those like not even mystery horrors like because you know we kind of knew it was different with summer of 84 and with silver bullet because we didn't know this yeah. one we kind of knew it kind of like threw us in a couple different directions when he drank the holy water and didn't die and when the crosses didn't work on him and shit but then yeah, we they out, didn't believe remember right you have to have faith for that to work <laughs> yeah, against me yeah. or something like that yeah oh and we didn't even talk about it either but the uh not to go away from the whole like structure and writing and pacing and everything but uh the the practical effects makeup for amy when she got turned into the vampire that shit was great she still looked hot though <laughs> she did even though she had a freaky face it's kind of just like <laughs> how ironic that she looked just like jerry's old girlfriend too <laughs> right, you know yeah. like he had a photo of like of her it's so weird it's wall. so weird that that element is in like every fucking vampire movie exactly. like hey you look like my wife that's been dead for 300 years you know can i uh can i stalk you you want to be my mistress my vampire mistress like what <laughs> and we haven't really talked about the score of this movie which was dope oh, like yeah. like the alley scene with evil Eye, the those yeah. fucking sound effects very were, very 80s yeah it was like super super retro the lighting in the alleys too like mm-hmm. they had that like that that foggy atmosphere like yeah where you can't tell what's going on until someone like turns a corner and like and there was a lot of color in this movie but there was i I feel like there was a kind of a lot of neon colors too yeah like really like bright colors and stuff like that it it was very like visually appealing movie not only because it obviously looks retro now but just like the way that they used the lighting and colors i thought worked really well there were a lot of great shadows in this movie you know that that's what kind of made jerry dandridge scary is like how they portrayed him like all the shadows you see the shadow a lot like before Mm -hmm. he would like come up you'd see like the bat's shadow and then all of a sudden like the camera turns and jerry's standing there like i thought that was dope yeah i I think they uh executed the whole vision very well you know tom holland's vision i feel like it was totally recognized and that's what really made this movie great and uh now it's basically revered as like one of the greatest if not one of the greatest horror movies then definitely just one of the greatest like vampire movies or monster movies oh yeah it's definitely top three in vampire movies i would say this haven't seen dracula so i can't speak on it this the lost boys nosferatu nosferatu i I don't like the silent one i like the remake with yeah with i don't know the dude's name was it klaus kinski i I believe it's that one yeah yeah klaus kinski Mm -hmm. yeah those three i mean i haven't seen a really good you know vampire movie recently besides uh yeah what was that one we saw livid livid yeah that one was great yeah french one 
Didn't even know it was about fucking vampires. Me neither. Like, Spoiler alert. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that one was great. Um, but any any time I well, from dusk till dawn is like my favorite. And vampires, yeah. Yeah, and vampires, but Fright Night is like t- at least tied for first in in my book. You know, it's just uh, it's got that great nostalgic factor to it because again, yeah, like you said, this is a movie that takes you kind of like on a journey. You know, there's this whole mystery behind it. And I really love all the dynamics between the characters, especially between Peter and Charlie. Oh, yeah. Throughout, like, the entire movie. You know, they really become kind of, like, each other's mentors, which I feel is interesting. I don't know if I ever mentioned that, but I kind of feel like that's what happens. Yeah, neither one was really in charge. They were both just like, oh, shit, this is how it works? Yeah. It's like, do you know? It's like, I know this. Do you know that? Yeah, I kind of, all right, let's fucking do this. Yeah. Like, but Charlie is the one that believes. Yeah. He just looks up to Peter, like, and Peter pretends like he should know until he really figures out that he does, doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. Right? I mean, that... Yeah. Uh, and then in the next movie, like, it's the opposite of this movie. Mm-hmm. We talked about that. Yeah. Like, story-wise, it, it has the, you know... Mm-hmm. Like a great story, just like the first one. But the first one, I think, you know, takes the cake because of like, just like how it all happens. Like it was just like mm-hmm. once upon a time in this town type of thing. It wasn't yeah backstory bullshit lore. You know, it's just isolated. Like exactly. literally, it's it, it's it kind of comes in right in the middle of things almost with them delivering the coffin, and it just jumps right into gear like right from there. And the fact that you they're know? teenagers too is like. Mm-hmm. Because that's who, like, vampires should kind of target is teenagers. Like, that's who monsters should target. Because if they try to tell anyone, who's going to believe them? Exactly, yeah. Honestly, like, the, the the whole theme of adolescence is prominent in the movie. Because, you know, we, we do kind of realize a lot of the time that, like, oh, shit. Like, yeah, they're kids. Yeah. You know? And this is happening to them. And they might get eaten by these fucking vampires that just, you know, popped up out of nowhere. Yeah, because we've seen enough people, enough teenagers get torn in half in horror movies mm-hmm. to know that they're the best targets. Yeah, I mean, honestly, there's kind of like a sub-theme, I feel like, because lots of teenagers actually do go missing, like, in real life. So, I feel like there's kind of a subplot there. It just people go missing in general, you know, when they talk about uh, the call girl who went missing or was found murdered or whatever. Yeah. You know, that kind of stuff. And uh, I think, actually, in the remake, they, they might make it even more of a prominent theme but I, th- I feel like it's definitely there in the first movie you know like these things are just happening to these teenagers and they kind of have to just deal with it all on their own or else they're just never going to be heard from again yeah that's basically yeah. that's the basis for i think about every movie don't hang up yeah halloween friday the 13th the yeah. burning <laughs> slaughter high yeah cutting but, cutting class but there but there is that you know uh grown-up element to it in this movie with peter vincent's character but I oh mean, yeah. even he himself with like his personality he may as well be a fucking teenager because they always need to get at least one adult on their side like mm-hmm. fully i mean you saw in like silver bullet they finally got they got gary Busey. yeah you know, uncle he, red yeah he, he was their peter vincent you know so kind of yeah you always have to have the old guy that interjects me like all right so you guys are going yeah Except, like, not the wise old guy. Yeah, you need, like, the fucking the fuck-up. Yeah, exactly. The fuck-up or, like, the guy who, like, he's just eager to look like, yeah, or like, right. Or, or, like, the authority figure, like, uh, Dr. Loomis, you know, or something like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah, essentially. Because uh, it's the same uh, thing in that movie. need the Ahab, remember Leslie Vernon? Exactly, yeah. <laughs> yep, that's a, good, that's a good reference, yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's the exact same thing, I mean... Peter Vincent definitely is their Ahab. And then Charlie has to go rescue Amy, who has been taken and hypnotized and everything. That whole scene at the club was fantastic, by the way. Oh, that yeah. Was a, that was a great scene. You know, and actually, uh, is it is it after that scene that the alley thing takes place? I'm pretty sure For some he... Reason I no, can't remember it. No, they were walking alone, and Ed was walking alone. Mm-hmm. He went after Ed, and then he went after Okay, them. yeah, that was before. Yeah. Okay, that's what I thought. I just wasn't 100% sure for some reason, but Mm -hmm. that, yeah, that whole sequence happened and it was a really good sequence. And then the entire third act, that was, that was great. And then Peter Vincent gets his faith and he like pushes Jerry Dandridge back. Yeah, he like puts his hand in front of his face and walks backwards Mm -hmm. and shit. Yeah. And I mean, not to, not to, you know, take uh, the caretaker's phrase away too much, but that whole iconic that whole thing was it was iconic you know and i re- i remember it very well 
it's one of the few like things in horror that i remember like really well like how it happened yeah every movie has a scene you remember yeah that that was the one for me for sure and then they find amy and everything and then they have the final fight down in the uh, I, i believe it's the basement or like the cellar or whatever yeah and jerry gets annihilated so overall it's a fantastic story like the whole structure of it of of the entire narrative is just really well done it's like the perfect time frame you know what is it like an hour and a half or something had a really strong script though like it did yeah it had like a lot of substance behind it good dialogue good dialogue really good dialogue like especially i think charlie's like the one between charlie and peter vincent that Mm -hmm. was like all of their dialogues like were the best i agree i think with uh with jerry and uh charlie too you know like the the yeah like kind of like subtle shit talking here and there like when like you know he jerry knows he's a vampire and then he looks charlie right in the face when he drinks the you know holy water he must have been mistaken you know he's just like (laughs) smiling he's full of himself like you know he's a dickhead like yeah it's kind of like yeah what are you gonna do about it because you know i can't do shit you can't just stab him be like Mm -hmm. he was a vampire immediately though they have chemistry which is awesome Oh yeah, because they have a great rivalry like the rivalry is established right off the bat which is good because then all of the other like scenes in the movie with them in it together are really exciting and there's a lot of like electricity and tension between them yeah you know and it's always really suspenseful i feel like especially when he like goes to his house and like basically attacks him and then I think like they hear his mom and he he leaves. Yeah. And Charlie is saved. You know, it's kind of a weird like Deus Ex Machina kind of thing almost, but he just got lucky. it just happens. Yeah. His mom just came in at the right time, being annoying. <laughs> That's how it is. Thank God for annoying moms, eh? Yep. Can't say I've ever been saved from a vampire like that, but <laughs> it happened. But uh I don't know. That's kind of that's kind of all I have to say about the movie. I think it's a phenomenal film. If you're looking for a good monster movie that really reminds you of Halloween because it just focuses on, like, the vampire and Fright Night, the show with all the vampires and monsters and everything in it, you know, it, it's, it's very Halloween-y to me. So, like, this is one you have to check out. I agree. Fright Night and Silver Bullet. We The first week, we knocked out Halloween Town and Hocus mm-hmm. Pocus. Get your zany movies out the way. Yep. Then we did the Wes Craven episode, so we got you enough material for mm-hmm. that week and now we get you one werewolf and one vampire movie mm-hmm. to be fair we could have did monster project again but <laughs> yeah, yeah we already <laughs> just did fucking that. been dickheads that, about that's it. a good one too but okay then like just to uh to cap it off what are a few other monster movies that you could recommend maybe stuff that you've been watching for your 31 days mm-hmm. you know what are uh just giving you like a few suggestions uh pumpkin head of course mm-hmm uh i would watch the howling even though like it's it's still a vamp i would i would watch american werewolf in london uh lost boys you gotta watch the nosferatu remake uh from dusk till dawn john carpenter's doesn't have to be vampire werewolf by the way just any any monster movies do ghosts count or you want like just monsters Uh, i would say like creatures creatures Mm -hmm. well that one movie with the lord of darkness uh legend i think with tim curry oh yeah 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 yeah. also yeah. stephen king's it yeah, like both like both of the movies that's those are good uh creature from the black lagoon mm-hmm. um i'm gonna watch the thing now <laughs> yes i'm so excited uh let me think of a few other creature movies i have a few uh obviously alien i gotta watch alien yeah predator predator mm-hmm. was dope maybe some of the old frankensteins yeah why not like yeah they're good maybe some even like cartoons you know like watch like the I don't know. There's always like a, ho- a Halloween there's, episode of every like yeah. thing where there's a mon- like a creature. Like that Jimmy Neutron episode at the amusement park mm-hmm. with the with the baloney face guy, <laughs> whatever the fuck it was called. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. A- any of that Scooby-Doo shit. Scooby-Doo and the werewolf, like that one. I mean, yeah. It's like, and the something werewolf. Reluctant werewolf, I think it is. There, there are a bunch, yeah. Any Goosebumps. There's a lot of monster ones. I have, I have a few. I would say uh, I have a bunch of like foreign ones too if you consider zombies to be kind of part of it uh reanimator is great classic Stuart gordon with jeffrey combs in it dead alive dead alive is a good one um 30 days of night is great uh i would uh, do a there's a there's these sci-fi movies uh 
House of the Dead. Mm-hmm. Then they had the another one with the same name, but in Spanish, Casa de los Muertos. Like yep. they had that one on Sci-Fi. Sci-Fi actually has like a lot of good creature movies. Just turn yeah, on the do. Sci-Fi they channel. Do. Maybe uh, watch that Twilight Zone episode, like the the creature on the wing. Yeah, that was. Or a watch good the one. Twilight Zone movie with that one on it. Like yeah, Tales from the Dark Side. The movie has some good ones. Creep Show. Creep Show, has some t- good Creep ones. Show too. Yeah, I would also say. Um, howl is a good like newer werewolf movie it's a british production i believe and it takes place on a train uh and there's a fucking werewolf it, it's it's actually really good so i i would suggest that one um bram stoker's dracula's species perfect. species subspecies yeah there are a lot there are a lot of good ones if you guys uh haven't been writing all this down then you could go take a look at our 31 days of halloween lists on our website, gravediscussions.net, um, we have, I, I know personally, I have a bunch of uh, monster movies on there. Oh, one other one I forgot is The Host. I believe oh, it's sure. Korean. That one, that one's really good. It's like an aquatic, large monster. But yeah, there are, there are a ton. So go check out our list. See if maybe you can find a couple that, you know, uh, stoke your interest. Go check out more monster movies, man. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm pumped to see Bone Hill Road. I, I want to see Cherokee Creek. There's, there's a bunch of good ones coming out. Monsters are making a comeback, I feel like. They should, because, I mean, Paranormal's played out. Mm-hmm. Give us some, like, fucking, you know, some mutated bear to be yeah. afraid of. Like I said, I wanted, like, another good, scary mummy movie. You know, we haven't had one of those in a while. Yeah, there hasn't been, like, a a horror movie that's, you know, mm-hmm. mummy-based. There's a mummy with Tom Cruise. Yeah. <laughs> even with the original mummies not horror you know so with brendan fraser yeah i feel like that we are missing oh uh i don't know if you could count it but house by the cemetery maybe possibly that's like a monster kind doctor of, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's kind of like a mutated mad scientist or something like that yeah isn't it? i would count or that something. yeah that, that one could count it's just a great halloween movie in general too but uh yeah there's a bunch of options guys go check them out prime has actually been getting quite a few decent monster movies lately um there's also that clown so there's there's a ton of options oh clown yeah yep on fucking netflix yep that one's good so there's there's a ton of them honestly that you could go just check out but for sure watch fright night and silver bullet and yeah i think that's all i have for this episode samuel yeah and uh don't forget to check out our twitters our facebooks our instagram mm-hmm. and also check out sports radio detroit's facebook twitter and instagram mm-hmm. that's srd sports radio detroit check out our website at gravediscussions.net and we will see you next week on grave discussions <laughs>